0: Hi, this is Brennan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and this is going to be another late-night movie review discussion. This is a movie I've done on the podcast before I did it on Wushu Weekend. I don't know if we did it on the Righteous Blood uh, podcast or not, but I, I have talked about it on uh, on, on the, the Wushu Weekend podcast, and I've talked about it on the YouTube channel when I did a review of it there. Uh, but it came up in a comment on the blog when somebody was asking about another movie and i started talking about it and then i just had some thoughts about it and i've been doing this thing where i've been uh because amazon prime has been taking down a lot of the movies uh and because i i i have i have like a i have a ridiculous number of dvds and blu-rays but my dvd player slash blu-ray players is broken at the moment um and and so I need to replace it, and and that's made me uh, have to rely more on Amazon Prime. And so one thing I've been doing is I've been trying, even though they took down a lot, I've been trying to build up my collection digitally so that I have the stuff to watch on the computer. Uh, you know when the when the DVD player isn't working and needs to be replaced. Uh, so uh, I decided to 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 purchase Vengeful Beauty and and watch it again. Um, it's a shame. It used to be on Prime for free, so people could just stream it. But now you have to rent it or buy it. And unfortunately, a lot of the movies aren't even on there anymore. The the, the streaming services are kind of getting chaotic again as movies move to different services and stuff. So um, so yeah, so I, I I wanted to watch it again and talk about it and because uh, it's a it's a very influential movie for me on a lot of the gaming stuff I do and it's also one of the movies that's always stood out. Uh, for a number of reasons, um, you know, I'll probably cover a lot of similar ground, but you know, like a lot of things, the, you know, the, the, the more time, uh, away from something you have, the more you watch it, the more thoughts you have on it. And also this is kind of different cause it's a late night movie review. Uh, for those who don't know, late night movie reviews, uh, are anything after 11 o'clock basically, uh, when, when I start to get tired. And the idea is I just have to sit here and talk about a movie, uh, with a lot of rambling and uh, free association of ideas and just things, not necessarily gelling the way they normally would. Um, I'm also in a slightly altered state of consciousness right now. So, uh, that's also going to be adding to this, this review. This is probably, uh, maybe not technically a first, but kind of a first in that respect for the, for the podcast. Now I should mention, I'm not, I'm, it's not from alcohol or drugs or anything like that. I can't, I can't drink because of my medications and I can't do any kind of drugs because of my health conditions. But I, uh, but I do occasionally need to alter my, alter my state of mind in different ways. And so tonight I, i have uh i am definitely not operating on on all four cylinders here um so uh so there'll be a lot of forgetfulness and probably even more rambling and aimless meandering into other topics uh but again that's the point of these so i don't mind um so yeah so i wanted to talk again about vengeful beauty this is a 1978 film uh directed by ho Meng hua Who's a really good director? He was one of the directors that I really uh, used to love to do reviews about. Uh, I used to re- like to review his movies and stuff, and I, uh, I I just always thought he told great stories, and I I loved that he he t- he tended to have a lot of uh, female protagonists. He did Lady Hermit and the Jade Raksha, and you know he, he also did movies like the the original Flying Guillotine movie. Vengeful Beauty is a Flying Guillotine film. It's it's kind of a sequel to the. The sequel situation with with the Flying Guillotine movies is pretty complicated, so I won't get into that here. But it's 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 one of the the sequels, and it's one by meng uh, Menghua, and it, uh, it, it I think it's kind of better than the first one, and I think a lot of people feel this way. Maybe not everybody, but I've definitely seen reviews where people have said that they think this is a um, uh, a, a better movie than the than the the original Flying Guillotine movie, and I I kind of agree with that. Uh for you know, and again, we'll get we'll get into the reasons as I go on. Uh, but before we start, I wanted to give the the breakdown of the plot and I'm gonna just because it's a late night movie review, because my brain is mush, I'm gonna read it right out of the Wikipedia, which is gonna be a problem because they uh, I, I think the way that they spell the names is very different from the way they were done in the subtitles of the version I just watched, which always kind of throws me. So if I mispronounce anything, I apologize, I may swap in other names just to make it easier occasionally if the character has two names um and yeah so i'll read from the i'll read the plot synopsis and then i'll get into the discussion of it uh i should say this has spoilers and this is a movie with with a with an important twist so if you haven't seen it go see it then you can listen to this or if you don't mind it being spoiled some people don't some people don't care about twists you know go ahead and listen um, and I'm going to talk in more depth about the twist as well after I give the synopsis. So the synopsis is, uh, as the trained flying guillotine assassins secretly working for the emperor began their attacks, one of the assassins is caught by a local security force. Uh, flying guillotine leader uh, Jin Gunfeng is ordered to kill every witness, including the prison interrogator and his family to keep the assassins a secret. Uh, Bloody Hibiscus, a character named uh, uh, Rong Chuyan. Uh, returns home to find her dead husband and immediately fingers uh, Gang Fung. Uh, with her superior Kung Fu, she nearly kills him but retreats to protect her unborn child. Now Gang Fung is, is in deep trouble. He told the emperor uh, uh, under threat of execution that all witnesses are dead. In order to keep his head, Gang turns to his three adult children to quickly hunt down and kill Chuyan, slash Bloody Hibiscus, who is now attempting to reach her uncle. And I should say that's the uncle of her dead husband. Uh, as the hunt begins, Chuyang, uh hooks up with the, a former Flying Guillotine member named Ma Sung, played by Norman Chu, and her old martial arts brother Wang Jun, played by Yu uh, who both help her along the way and become rivals in their love for her. So this movie, I mean, you know, I, I don't know if I did a great job reading that, but this movie has a lot of classic elements from these kinds of movies. It's got the love triangle. It's got it's got the you know the the corrupt emperor. It's got it's got the the official who's going after the heroes. Um but it throws a lot of interesting things into the mix. And so you know, like I said, like the the backstory here is her husband was killed by the the flying guillotine assassin squad. And uh and she was two months pregnant when that happened. And they had a whole conversation uh because he knew something was going on. He was very worried. And he told her that, you know, she, you know, whatever she does, she has to uh, protect the baby. And so she should go to uh, to his uncles. Now, the thing is, she's a she's like a hero in this setting. She's she's a character. She's a, a martial figure named Bloody Hibiscus, who we see right from the very beginning is, uh, you know, is, is probably more powerful than the, the big villain at the end of the movie, um, or at least nearly is equal, if not more powerful than him. But because she's pregnant and she's protecting her unborn baby, it adds this level of complexity to the situation where she, she has to, almost stay her hand. Like she can never really, uh, fully unload all of her all of her power on her enemies because she's always trying to protect the unborn baby. So it's really interesting because of that. And I think. Um, it's also just interesting, just, the, I mean, the fact that she's pregnant, the fact that the, the emotional journey that she goes on as a result of that. And again, I'm going to spoil it because there's this threat of the miscarriage through the whole movie and I'll get into the details of the plot. But the, the big broad thing that happens is by the end, she miscarries the very end. And when she miscarries, she realizes that, you know, she, she now, you know, her husband is dead her baby is dead. She doesn't, uh, she doesn't have to run to protect anything anymore. So she can go and really get her revenge, and it's kind—it's of, a really powerful moment. Um, and that type of story ap- appeals to me. Uh, you know, for uh, I, I for reasons in my own life that just you know that that, that type of uh of, of character is compelling to me. And so, I, I I and I thought they did a really good job with it. And I thought that um, uh, I I thought that uh, Chen Ping who plays the um uh plays bloody hibiscus uh, was, was really good at this. She, she really is, uh, she just, I don't know, just something about the way that she expresses herself in terms of her facial expressions, the way that she, you know, uh, you know, she carries that weapon, everything just works with her in this role. Um, and, and, and so, uh, I, and I should mention, she has a really cool weapon. She has, um, it's kind of like a metal staff that's got these different uh, sections that can be attached to it. So it can kind of increase and decrease in size. And it's got a really sharp, cool looking tip and it's just this silver metal staff or metal spear, basically. And the, uh, the, the, the villain, Jin Gun Fung, he has, he also has a kind of three section staff type thing, but it's a little different. Um, So it's kind of a nice sort of mirror, of each other in a way, um, and I, I remember his is made out of wood or something. But the other thing about this movie that's cool is the villain is really fleshed out. The villain is a very ground, grounded villain. He's played by Lollier, who is really good at playing bad guys. And in this one, he's a little bit more subdued. He's a little bit more believable. He had uh, again, he he is you know protecting a ridiculously evil emperor and all that. And he's going you know he's but but again they. Know, measures he's taking a lot of it is a product of him serving this really evil emperor he's not a good guy but he's just a believable character and he has three children and the plot really kicks off when he sends them after her because uh, you know like the synopsis said she initially goes to attack him and then when she realizes it's bad for the baby she retreats and so he has to send uh, he has to deal with this issue quietly because he told the emperor that she's dead And so he, he sends, um, he sends his three children. I don't know. I just, so the movie, the structure of the movie is basically, you know, the, the, the three, the waves of attacks from each of the, each of the children that she has to contend with. And then, uh, and then her finally getting to the uncle's house and then dealing with, uh, a betrayal by, um, uh, Wang Jun, who's the, um, who's, uh, uh, you know, one of the love interests and one of her companions in the, uh, in the story but we find out later is the illegitimate son of of gang feng and because gang feng is offering his his property and wealth to to whichever of his children uh kills her you know he's willing to to kill her and it's a real serious betrayal because gang feng is uh is her former uh 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 what would you call it? like they, they were basically uh, both trained in wudang by the same master and they grew up together it sounds like training and he and, and it sounds like it's I mean, I can't imagine that he was planning this the whole time. So it sounds like he was legitimately in love with her for a while. Um, and uh, and so, you know, or he's just pretending that he was in love with her just for the purposes of, uh, of what he's about to do. But the but it's it's, it's a real interesting sort of unexpected betrayal. I, th- I think I mean, you kind of start to suspect something's up around the time that it happens when the director wants you to and he does plant the seeds that when you go back and rewatch it you're like yes this is a, this isn't like a last minute he's suddenly going to betray her there there's signs of it leading up to it but i i think it's a genuinely surprising betrayal um and so yeah so so there's uh you know that uh you know that beat of the movie and then her and the Ma Sun character uh go and contend with with the bad guy and there's a really cool showdown cuz he's got uh, he's got a bunch of people wearing masks that make them look like him, so it's just like they're they're facing off against a bunch of Jin Gun Fungs, and they have to keep smashing the masks until they they find the real one. And I I think that's really neat. It's kind of like the the Conan fight scene with the mirrors and Conan the Destroyer. It's similar to that, um, but instead of smashing the mirrors, they have to they have to smash the masks on the guy's faces. So I I, don't know, I, I like those kinds of uh, little clever touches in fight. In fight scenes. It's it's sort of something where it's like you know this is uh, it 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 just it just feels like okay this the, the, there's all these little things that they're adding to it as they go um, and it's got a lot of it's got a lot of really great fight sequences. So the first son when he attacks her, there's this great bamboo forest scene where the the son is hiding in the bamboo trees and it's 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 it, again it's 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 on a stage so it's not like you know in touch of Zen with their bamboo forest scene. There's a um, uh, you know it's real world and the same thing with um uh house of flying daggers you know and and so but in in this one it's a uh it's it's more of a um it's it's more of a sound stage but i i like sound stages i feel like you know this movie is a blend of sound stages and outdoors but i like the sound stages because it creates kind of a fantasy world where this is all happening and you know it's set, it's set in historical china but it's got like a uh uh a hyper-realistic feel when they do it on the sound stages. And then I think it i think it—it uh, it, it makes you accept things that you might not accept otherwise because it feels like it's on a stage, and so you accept the stage logic of it. Um, so, you know, I, I, I really like the uh, um, the bamboo forest scene and the way that that's executed, and just the fight choreography in general, but some of the cool things that happen in it. There's this one scene where she, she does like a split, and then she wedges herself with the with her feet between two bamboo shafts and just you know climbs up them that way. Uh, she she cuts down a bunch of bamboo trees and the guy that's in them tumbles down. You know just, just things like that. It's a fun scene. Uh, the, the The second son attacks them at an inn, and this is where she meets the uh, the Ma Sun character because he's somebody who's also in hiding that's working at the end. He's developing a technique with bowls to kind of contend with the flying guillotines. And so there's a big fight at the end. And, you know, that's kind of where uh, Ma Sun, uh, Jin Gun Fung, and um, and Bloody Hibiscus all come together as a team initially in the movie. Um, and then after that scene, there's just the daughter left. And what's cool is you get to see uh, the Jin Gun Fung character watches each of his children dies dealing with this lady. And he kind of gets the intensity of the situation gets, gets more, uh, you know, it, it gets more intense and it gets, uh, it, 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 it it's, uh, it, until he's, you know, he just, he's, he's, you know, he loses his firstborn son and then his second born son. And then now he's only has his daughter and, so, and the daughter is, is, is more vicious and wicked than, than either of the first two sons. Um, and she, you know, and, and he instructs her to, 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 to use her mind more To to use deception and things like that So she she goes in and she sets up A really interesting ploy To get uh, into the good Graces of Bloody Hibiscus So that she can kill her when she at least Suspects it And just the you know all the little things That she does along the way are interesting And and again this movie does get into Some people sometimes describe it as an Exploitation movie because um, Again the, the I don't know the protagonist Is pregnant and there's uh, and there, there are some, uh, there are some nudity scenes, and a lot of them happen during the uh, the daughter's attack on Bloody Hibiscus. Um, and we see both Bloody Hibiscus and the daughter uh, uh, topless during the scene. There's actually a there's actually a topless fight scene. Uh, the uh, the daughter of Jin Gunfeng, she um, she she uses a knife. She has like a really cool, uh, like a real intense style, like a real. Uh, you know, just sort of tight, sharp style of fighting that I really like, and, and she and it, it works well with her character. This is again like a lot of movies like this do this, where the the fighting style, of the character really accent the personality, of the character or help illuminate it. And you know that was one of the characters where you really see that, uh, and you see it with all of them, but with her character especially. Um, and so yeah, so they you know she so they go against the you know the three daughters, the three children, and all that. And I don't know, and, and, and then uh, you know, they get to the uncles, then they have the, the big fight scene at the end. And uh, unfortunately, uh, Ma Sun dies, but she also manages to kill uh, Jin Gan Fung at the moment of his betrayal. Uh, and it's an interesting scene when he betrays her because she's faking a miscarriage in order to draw him out, in order to get him to reveal himself because she suspects him. And that's when he does try to attack her. And so then she you know you know announces that she was faking the miscarriage and she's able to contend with him and it's an interesting fight scene it's it's a really cool uh, pairing she's got the she, she she actually lengthens her staff for this fight scene which works really well against his sword. Um, I always like when they do things like that I like when they're thinking about how the weapons complement each other and how they work and that's definitely a scene where you you can see that the, the two weapons are really well matched um, and so she she. Uh, she kills him, uh, but then that actually prompts the real miscarriage. And again, this scene is probably another one where people would file this under exploitation movie. Um, but you know, there's a very bloody miscarriage, and you know, it's it doesn't it doesn't leave a lot to the imagination. Um, but it's really powerful, you know. Uh, I mean, again, you know, uh, miscarriages are something that happen. Uh, pregnancies are something that happen, and it's interesting to see a protagonist. That has the added complication of having a pregnancy while she's running away from the emperor. You know, it just—I just, think—I think it really, uh, it really worked, and I think that you know that the, uh, you know, everything was building to that miscarriage. So it's not like it was just thrown in there to make the movie trashy. Um, you know, Ho Meng Hua can get into that territory when he wants to, but I feel in this in this movie. It was, it was it was done intentionally. And, and there's a lot of craft in, in his movies. I mean, he did the, um, uh, you know, he didn't just do, you know, like a lot of uh, the martial arts movies. He also did The Monkey Goes West and like Cave of the and Web and a lot of those Journey of the West movies. Um, you know, he did, again, it's, it's a little bit more exploitation, but he did Black Magic, which is a movie that I really like. Um, but Lady Hermit is just a classic movie. Like you can't, you, the, the way he frames his shots in that movie is, really stunning and you still see that here too there's a lot of scenes where especially in uh some of the standoffs like the standoff between um uh and i'm sorry i think i was just calling (laughs) wang jun jingan feng i apologize late night movie review so uh the yu hua's character wang jun when he betrays uh bloody hibiscus um there's a standoff where they're kind of like you know uh Walking in, in like sort of in a circ, in that circular motion against each other. The way that that scene is framed is is gorgeous, and it reminds me of the framing of the the final fight scene in Lady Hermit. Just how well he does that. Like it, 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 I would encourage people to look up Lady Hermit and look up uh, Black Claw Demon. I think was the name of the villain, and just the scene where he's got his claws facing her, or the scene where uh, Cheng Pepe is back to back with her disciple. It's, you know, the, the, you know, and that, the, the standoff scene here really worked for me for the, uh, just the way that it was framed. Um, and again, I do want to reiterate late night movie reviews, they're going to be errors. Uh, don't rely on me for getting names of characters on, un- uh, correct. I may swap names and things like that. Uh, and I may meander like I was just doing a moment ago. Um, so yeah, so, uh, the yeah so we had the uh the the love triangle which was great we have um we have you know the the betrayal and all these you know interesting twists in the movie um and one other thing i like about the film is just how well paced it is and how well structured it is it's um uh it's only like an hour and 18 minutes uh, at least the version on amazon is and i'm pretty sure the one of on my dvd was only an hour and 18 minutes too um, I'd have to go check it to be sure, but' I'm, I'm pretty sure it's the same version. Um, and it's it makes it a really tight film and it doesn't it doesn't you know it doesn't waste a lot of time. Everything in this movie is entertaining and you never feel like you're you're waiting for things to happen. Um, you know the the closest they get to like a hangout with the character scene is really at the end. and that's and that's really well placed because it's it's a nice respite from uh, you know and again it's, it, it, it it that's where the next fight scene also happens but there's a there's a bit of a respite there and that's important because you have this relentless wave of of these children coming after her so um so you know just the way that the movie was 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 paced worked the way that it's structured really works for me i love having the you know the the opening sequence with the flying guillotines and the emperor and then you get into this this uh this meat of the movie which is you know her contending with the children and then you get into sort of the you know the more the climax and uh it, ju- it just really works and it works emotionally emotionally it's a very effective movie um you know i just think this is a revenge that has a lot of potency to it because of uh because of the situation um and yeah so you know this this was a uh you know, I, I think this is a really great movie. I You know, if, if it weren't a late night movie review, I could probably do it more justice. But, I'm, uh, you know, I, I just rewatched it and I kind of wanted to sit down and talk about it. Um, you know, this one had a lot of influence on me, too. Like I was saying, like that Relentless Corpse book that I put out, one of the characters in that or the lead character, the sect, is pregnant. And definitely this was a movie that did... That helped inspire that There's other characters That have been pregnant In um, In In Musha Stories and stuff So it's not like It's uh, You know It's unprecedented But the way it's done here Is different Like Like uh, uh 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 Huang Rong In Um Uh In 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 the second Legend of Condor Heroes book Is pregnant During Uh You know Some really Intense scenes That happen So You know That's That's Um you know that that's definitely, uh, you know, a character that's similar. Um, and also, I will note that the name of this character is wrong, uh, Chu Yan. So maybe you know, I don't know if that's a intentional reference or if it's just a different character from either a different story or just original. But um, but I mean, it's a totally different situation, and uh, and her character is so different from from Huang Rong. Is it's a uh uh. uh she she's just you know just a different type of character, and it's also kind of set against the backdrop of, um, of of the emperor, you know, really going after people. Like he's not just going after the people that are writing the bad books about him. He's going after the people that are editing the books and things like that. So it's just kind of an interesting, uh, you know, setup to the story too. Um, and I, I I don't know I like the I like the character's name Bloody Hibiscus. And the, there's a scene where she introduces herself and and again sometimes the translation these things aren't 100 accurate so the poetry might be lost or the poetry might even be added in the translation you never really know um it's one of the things that i always think makes these movies interesting is um is the misunderstandings that happen uh when they when when you're viewing them that, again that's why when i wrote wandering here's a vorgy it has like the, the real title and then it's got like the title that's like the secondary title that's more confused. Do you know what I mean? So I, I, I always like this idea that these are always coming in through translation. And, um, and when she introduces herself, you know, they ask her her name. And first she says, I have no name. And then they say, well, that doesn't make sense. And then she says, uh, she, she she cuts a, a flower, a hibiscus, and it lands. And, and uh, she says, that's my name, you know, bloody hibiscus. And he and he and I think the guy says that's like a, a ridiculous name. And she says, no, it's not, you know, hibiscus are uh, irrigated by blood. And so it makes sense. It was just an interesting line. I, I probably butchered it, but it's it, the, the the line itself and the way she says it. Uh, it just really works. It, it really works. Um, the whole movie works. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's it, and Oh, and I, I did forget to mention the martial arts director in this movie was Tong Kai. Um, that's always important with these movies. Um, you know, sometimes I neglect to mention it, but it, you, know, you you notice the consistency of the fight choreography if you pay attention to that. Um, you know, who, who's doing it. Um, and yeah, so again, another Hong Kong Hua movie. Um, you know, I put this up there with Lady Hermit and films like that. Jade Raksha? Another one. I really wish I had a better copy of Jade Rocksha I have one of the, um, I figure what they're called, but not a DVD, but like the, 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 much lower resolution, um, uh, like CD DVD or whatever they're called. Uh, where you have to, yep. You, you get two DVD, you'd get two CDs and you have to, uh, you have to pop the movie in again, midway through. So it stops cause it reaches the end and then you gotta get the, the rest of it on the, on the next one. Um, uh, it's it's a little bit like the old laser discs that I think you had to flip those if I remember. I could be wrong, but I, I remember that being one of the reasons why people didn't buy laser discs right away. Um, so, so yeah, I really wish I had a better Jade Rock show. But yeah, this this is um you know again I mean I've seen it before I've talked about it before, um, and and I'm I'm in definitely in no mental state to be discussing movies uh, as you can probably tell, but. You know the, the these late night movie reviews. They're 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 meant to be a little more entertaining, a little bit more chill for me, a little more relaxed. Um, you know, I'm just doing everything off the cuff, and you know, and this one I had a couple of notes because I knew my brain was squishy enough that I wouldn't remember. But the notes are just bullet points of things I wanted to bring up, um, and I think I did cover all of them. I hope I did. Um, but yeah, these are. The, the- Pardon me, I'm yawning, but uh, these uh, these late night movie reviews are just they're they're meant to be entertaining, as uh, and 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 uh, and also kind of put me in a state of mind where I'm uh, I'm I'm talking more frankly about a movie. I'm talking more. Uh, I don't know. I I can't I can't really conceal my opinion in any with with flowery language or. Um, i can't bullshit do you know what i mean i can't i can't i i don't have the mental fortitude after 11 o'clock and it's 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 after midnight for this one um but i don't have the mental fortitude at this hour to uh you know to, to 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 um to 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 use i don't know i don't know how to put it but just to like you know talk my way through a review and like uh uh, in a really clever way. Like I have to, I have to just kind of speak more plainly. Um, and I don't know. I, I like doing this. It's, it's, it's it, these are the f- most fun reviews to do. I don't know who actually listens soon, to, to be honest. I, you know, maybe some people like them, maybe some people don't. I mean, I'm literally, my eyes are literally closing on me as I'm doing this review. That's how tired I am. So, you know, that just gives you an idea of, of, of where my mind is at. But I, but without fail, Hey, yeah, I'm yawning, so I apologize. But without fail, I I have way more fun doing these. Not because I don't enjoy my podcast with the, you know my co-hosts or anything like that, and not because I don't enjoy watching movies in that way. But these are just the most relaxing, easy reviews to do because it's like I'm just watching a movie because I decided I want to watch it. Um, and it's not planned in advance or anything, so it's just totally on the fly. Hey, I feel like watching Vengeful Beauty. I'll watch it and I'll talk about it, you know um so you know it's a lot of fun again i mean you know i can't say enough about chen ping in this movie uh really phenomenal she, she does a great job um and i don't know i like female protagonists in wuxia films uh, when i started talking about wuxia on my blog i was uh, one of the, the main things i was doing was covering cheng pei pei films i was trying to go through every cheng pei pei film i could um, and I think there was only like one or two that I didn't manage to get. Um, and I think I eventually did get one of those ones. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I was trying to cover every, uh, Cheng Pei Pei film I could. Um, and part of the reason was I really like, you know, uh, characters like the types that she does. And I like, uh, I like female led wuxia films. I mean, I like movies that have male protagonists too, but I just think there's something neat about the, the female protagonist wuxia films and um and this is definitely an interesting one and, and also it's during you know again you know people that aren't as familiar uh during the 70s the female-led wuxia films kind of declined i mean not 100 percent like there definitely were some but like they they, they when the kung fu craze hit it, it definitely got a little bit more uh it seemed like there were a lot more men and, I, and i've heard a lot i've heard People like Cheng Pepe would talk about that, or I've seen articles where she's talked about it in interviews. Um, and you know, so you know, it's 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 nice to 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 have you know to have movies like this in 1978. Um, I mean, again, there were movies that had female leads in them, and and Wuxi movies movies had female leads, but um, but it wasn't quite like the Cheng Pepe era, I think. Um, and I don't know. I just find those characters cool, and I find them charming and interesting, and. Uh, and compelling and and also i feel like there's a you know there's just a difference sometimes when you have um when you have male characters and it's all male characters fighting it it's sometimes less interesting than when it's more mixed because you know there's just different things you can do when you have you know you know uh uh, uh women versus men doing the the choreography and the the fighting um they just lend themselves to different things sometimes uh and so you know i i I like that i like that blend um and this one does i just think does a a great job it's got two really strong uh uh you know female characters in the movie that both make a strong impression and are memorable um you know again it's got lots of male characters too and it's certainly you know predominantly male characters um the lead is uh bloody hibiscus and the uh the, the daughter of um, Jin gunnaong and I can't remember her character's name I mean obviously it starts with Jin, but I I don't I don't remember which one she which uh, which uh, her sibling name was um, but she she was really memorable too um, and again it does get into sort of nudity and exploitative territory but uh, you know if you, if you if you grew up watching this kind of stuff or if you you know you like these uh, you know 70s type movies you know should be fine with it um, you know I I, I, I like pretty 70s types films so uh you know everything from like you know uh dirty harry to to vengeful beauty and um you know taxi driver and all that stuff mean streets those kind of movies um so uh yeah i think um i think i think i'm tapped out for this one uh, i don't think i have a whole lot more that i can say uh but uh but yeah so i i i Again, Vengeful Beauty, nineteen seventy eight. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. I think it's a um it's kind of an underrated like people that know about it praise it. Like if you look up reviews of this movie, I think you'll see you'll see I, I feel like you'll see a lot of positive ones. I know I've read um I know I've read positive ones of it plenty. And I, I even checked and looked at one right before I did just to see just to make sure I wasn't going crazy and forgetting that people liked it or not but I'm pretty sure people that you know know it and seen it uh, feel the way I do or close to it um, but it doesn't quite get the attention that some of the other movies do and uh, you know and, and again it's a, it's an interesting movie it's a flying guillotine movie with the flying guillotines even though they, they, they are important they do show up um, they're not as they're, they're just not the stars of the film it's an interesting approach um, and I mean, you know, again, I mean, it's, it's certainly a crucial plot element. There's no shortage of seeing flying guillotines take off people's heads or try to. Um, it just feels like they're not as they're not as central to the story as, you know, the, just what's going on with Bloody Hibiscus. So, um, you know, again, you know, great, great movie. Um, you know, I, I can't recommend this one enough. I think it's I think it's one of the, um, you know, you you watch a lot of wuxia and a few stand out, you know, like, uh, you know, reign of assassins come drink with me. Um, you know, hero shed no tears. is a big one for me. And vengeful beauty is another one, you know, but it just, just sort of is one of the, one of the ones that for me is a a real high note in the genre and everybody's different, you know, not everybody agrees. So, you know, you know, watch it and decide for yourself, just my opinion but it's uh it, you know it's, I I consider it I consider it one of the top wuxia movies for me. Um, I don't often do you know top wuxia movie lists. I did do a top 5 or top 10 show you movie list uh, not too long ago on the blog. Maybe one of these days I'll do a top 10 wuxia list period. It, definitely this movie would have to be on that list, I think. Um, it's so easy though to uh, I don't know it, it, when you have when you have ten slots to fill, it's easy to overlook ones that should be on there that you forget about in the moment or whatever. Um, so yeah, so I will head out. Uh, for those who uh, who aren't aware, we, we I, I should have mentioned uh, Righteous Blood with His Blades won a uh, Judge's Spotlight Award at the Ennies. That was really cool. I was really I was really pleased with that, and you know, I wasn't expecting it at all. Um, you know really really flattering to to win that um uh you know I put up my thanks on the blog and it's the you know there's a edited version of my thanks and Jeremy's thanks on uh the Annie's um and it's much more sleek looking than the one that I, than the one that I put up um cuz that one doesn't have you know any music or any uh any effects on it um but if you know if if you if you haven't if you have, if you don't know what Righteous Blood* who plays is, it's the Wuxia role playing game that me and Jeremy wrote. Um, you know, and I'd say it'd be perfect for this kind of <laughs> this kind of movie. Uh, so you know, definitely consider checking it out. Um, you know, I don't usually pimp my stuff, but like I feel like I should be doing that more because, you know, I uh, you know a lot of effort went into that book, uh, and I'm proud of it. Um, but honestly, I don't know. I don't like doing that. I'm not a big fan of. Um, I'm not, a, I'm not a big marketing person. I kind of do it here and there. Um, I used to do it more but I just I don't know I I I'm always uncomfortable with the uh, and I know this is I know I'm rambling but I'm allowed to do this on these late night movie reviews. I'm always uncomfortable with the um, uh, the way that the marketing and I, and I know it's just like a I oh, would you say like a first world problem to complain about. But to me, it matters, like, the, the way that uh, you can become this, because my, my uh, I don't know if I've mentioned this on this before or not, but my dad was actually, or he is, he's, he's alive and well. My, uh, you know, uh, my, my dad is a, um, a sales trainer. He used to be a salesman when I was a kid, and then he became a sales trainer um, as I got older and, uh, you know, started doing, like, sales training, consulting type stuff. Um, so I'm, I'm familiar with that world. Um and I'm familiar with you know the particular point of view that my dad had about it, which was, you know, I always thought much more. Um, uh, he always had a very ethical approach to sales and sales and marketing, um, and but one of the things that I think happens online, and I've seen it happen, I felt it, so I mean I know, um, is you, you you lose yourself becoming this this marketeer of this game that you made. Um, and I don't know, it, it, uh, it, the, the artificial, the artificiality of that spreads into everything else. Do you know what I mean? It's, I don't, it's, it's why like I, I get so thorny and itchy about certain things in the podcast and the blog and why they'll have like these long periods of silence. Um, you know, it's one of the reasons why I took down my YouTube channel. I didn't take down my, I still have a YouTube channel and my podcasts go up on the YouTube channel. But there were two big reasons why I stopped doing YouTube videos. And my one of my, uh, I think Vengeful Beauty might've been one of my last uh, YouTube reviews, I'm not sure. But one of the reasons was I changed computers at a certain point. So it really became hard for me to go back to doing YouTube videos. Uh, but the other reason was um, I had noticed, and I don't know if I've mentioned this here or not. So if I have, I apologize, but uh, I can't remember and it's late. Um, I noticed that I was paying too much attention to my face, to my hair. You know what I mean? Like I was, you know how like newscasters and stuff, they have this plastic artificial look to them and actors sometimes have it. And it's, it, it, I've always find it alarming when I see, uh, when I see like when you can tell somebody's just been looking in the mirror too much or seeing themselves on TV too much. And for an actor, it makes sense that they kind of have to do that but i didn't like that i was noticing that i was starting to play to the youtube videos with how i was grooming myself and how i was doing everything and, um it it just it just bothered me and so that was one of the other big reasons and 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 that's similar for me in terms of you know marketing games and stuff like that like i do do the marketing but like i'm not i'm, I'm not a big i'm not a big fan of doing that um, uh, and I always feel weird about it. Uh, and I, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't really like doing that. The way, uh, incidentally, the way that, you know, the way that my dad always instructed me to do you know, and I'm not a salesperson. I don't really know sales that well, but his whole attitude was always about, you know, aligning the customer with what they actually want. Do you know what I mean? Um, uh, and that's not how all salespeople operate. <laughs> you know, there's also a, you know, a school of thought where, uh, you know, you get people to want, you know, uh, the product you want them to want, you know? Um, but I, you know, I, 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 and again, you know, every sales situation I'm sure is different, but that was the, you know, and there was a lot more to it than that, but that was one of the big things you, you used to always go on about. Um, and I think that's kind of shapes how I view, uh, marketing and stuff. Cause when I'm marketing, uh, the games I, I I generally, uh, if if it doesn't seem if it seems like it's outside of somebody's area of interest, I'm not gonna try to persuade them that it's that it's something they should like. Uh, you know, I, uh, you know, I'd rather tell them about a game that they're more likely to enjoy than a game like mine if it doesn't align with their interests. So, but anyways, that was a ramble and a rant, and I really ought to get going. So I'm gonna I'm gonna head out, and. I'll you know, we'll be back on and we're gonna get some of those horror episodes up soon. We have um I have two um I have two gangster movies in the can that we did podcasts on, so I'm gonna post those up. And hopefully we'll get another Righteous Blood podcast. Uh, you know, I, I, I I'm responsible for 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 uh, we were supposed to do another one recently and I got sick, so um I'll well, you know, it's sort of my fault that we don't have that up yet. But hopefully we'll get that that up soon. And until then, we'll talk to you later.